0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, January 13th, 2022. I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki.
1: And I'm arts and Ashley Steves. What you missed.
0: If you were listening carefully, you weren't because actually is <laughs> yeah, smart yeah, and an amazing yeah. editor and will edit it. Yeah. Is that I said the year was twenty twenty one? I was going to bring
1: if that it up. Tell yeah? you, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to bring it up. This is the problem because I'm I'm obviously listening to the show, but I'm also a muscle memory and producing yeah. and planning to edit at the same time. It's just I I I don't usually notice when the year is messed up, so I've had to have, like text Grace at like. 11 o'clock at night before. I'd be like, can you just record a new intro? Cause I wasn't paying attention to the date. Good thing you caught it this time. Cause I sure as hell wouldn't have (laughs) still in 2021. Just whispering into my iPhone, a new date and somehow you make it sound so good.
0: Uh, (laughs) But yeah, we actually, we have, we'll start with some uh, good Broadway news. So Aaron Sorkin's To Kill a Mockingbird will play its final performance at the Schubert theater on Broadway on January 16th. However, Do not freak out. If you are hurt by this news, call the attorneys at blah, blah. No, no. (laughs) Um, But if you if you are in pain right now, they do plan to return with our zaddy and Lord and Savior Greg Kinnear as (laughs) Atticus still at the Belasco Theater, my favorite theater, beginning June 1st. So I know what you're thinking. There's a show at the Belasco. How can this be? You're not wrong. You're not crazy. We're not going to gaslight you here at Broadway Radio. It has been announced that Girl from the North Country will play its final performance at the Belasco Theater on January 23rd. They plan to reopen in the spring, whereas uh, To Kill a Mockingbird is choosing to open back up in the summer. Mm. Um, They're all kind of these two shows are just the the next little dominoes in the Doubtfire Kevin McCullum route. You know, um, everyone's. Uh, evaluating the market and the, the financial landscape of these shows and, and also Omicron yep. and saying that this is the best option. What I think is interesting is that To Kill a Mockingbird it primarily, or not primarily, but one of their big sellers is the fact that schools are able to come. So I think sure. it's interesting that they're not just going to plan on coming back in the fall. I don't know why they would right. do the summer, but I guess people are out and that's, you know, that's such a big season for Broadway. I just feel like Okay. Um, so, yeah, we don't bizarre. have any word on where Girl from the North Country is going based on uh, just the, the few articles that have come out. It was very end of the day
1: <laughs> when yeah. we were getting that news.
0: So, we'll keep you updated as much as possible. But, uh, yeah.
1: I mean, at this point, I assume. So, Girl from the North Country is going to open back up in the spring and at, well, wherever. I'm still assuming the Belasco. House. But I'm still assuming, like, the. I would assume the Belasco. Because, I mean... <sighs> i'm because gonna Alaska's be gonna house the mockingbird so soon yeah but that's the thing like is girl <laughs> from the north country going gonna make it till june 1st or really you know may 1st at that point since they need time to load in and everything and load out like i, I just would don't... be a bit surprised i mean i guess they have to last through tony's season that's exactly it yeah but still very strange, absolutely, and I mean it 's really Broadway musical chairs at this point, and I know like people are trying to fight away the death bells here. And I understand. I mean, we talked about it a lot when we talked about Mrs. Doubtfire taking the time that they, ne- they needed, and I, they've got the money and the producer to do so. Um, but it's it's difficult to try and figure out that balance. And obviously, it's going to hit the people that are part of these shows the most. So I feel so deeply for them. Um, yeah, a lot of it, unfortunately, sh- unfortunately, just we'll have to wait and see to see if these shows are going to reopen, where they're going to reopen when they're going to reopen. And that's kind of I mean, that's that is the issue right now.
0: Yeah, so we'll keep keep you uh, you know updated as much as possible. But it is it is wild. And as our good friend and my dear, dear. Robbie Rizal said just today on twitter.com it's like we're playing musical no no it's like we're rearranging our deck chairs on the
1: Titanic yeah pretty much, <laughs> pretty I, like, much. I don't
0: know another way to say it but you nailed
1: it it's pretty uh, much And it. some
0: other Broadway replacement news Shoshana Bean is joining the cast of Mr. Saturday Night starring my husband news. Billy Crystal <laughs> yeah it's it's much better news for me both of my husband's getting work Billy and Greg Kinnear I
1: know uh, pissy pissy <laughs> you will you too clearly
0: busy never seen the never met him uh, the show has also bumped its start date by a month so now the show will begin previews on march 29th of this year ahead of an april 27th opening night i think it's the same night uh for previews for uh how i learned to drive as well uh, I, I
1: believe so but how i learned to drive has a sooner opening night i believe right
0: yeah but i was just like oh interesting they're both Doing that, <laughs> there we go. Um, because I'm very excited about that show. Uh,
1: uh, so much yeah, so.
0: so. I know that Alicia Empress, uh had to bow out. Unsure why, but Shoshana Bean is going in. From my understanding of this show, by the way, um, the daughter, because she's she's playing the daughter of Billy Crystal in this, uh, the character, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mr. Shannon. but um, I they those are two. Beltresses. Like, I mean, Shoshana Bean oh, yeah. was my alphabet the first oh, time I ever fair. saw it. And like, I know, right? Um, and I think it's interesting because the original iterations of that show did not have that character singing that much at all. So I'm like, okay, you're, you're you've are you put mm. two powerhouse female singers in this show. There must be new songs, J.R.B. Uh. What are they? How can <laughs> I hear them? What's going
1: on? Delighted. <laughs> Delighted to find out because I'm not overly familiar with Mr. Saturday Night to Begin with, so I'm going mm. in pretty, you know, f- pretty fresh here. Um, Shoshana Bean is very easily someone who will get me into the door for any show. I think she's incredible. Um, yeah. And I mean, the last time I saw her was actually like on stage with Jason Robert Brown when they did their the thing he did with Sondheim a while ago. Um, yeah, can't, can't wait. My first thought as far, and I was trying to look it up because I couldn't remember if it was announced yet. Uh, April 27th is so late. I'm wondering, and mean, we don't have a Tony cutoff date yet. I'm wondering if it's technically not going to be part of this season or if it will just hit the cutoff. I think it will just hit the cutoff because April 27th otherwise seems like such an arbitrary date. <laughs> like, it would be weird to hold it off but I mean we we don't know yet as far as I remember
0: uh-uh unclear, but um, again, we can't wait to find out because it kind of hinges on everything else. Let's take a moment from the show to talk about our sponsor for this week, Upstart. So, what would you do as a real human person if you didn't have high interest loans or credit card debt? You'd probably be, like, way happier. So, with Upstart, you can pay off your existing debt quickly, easily, and start living all of your best lives.
1: Yeah, truly cannot fathom it, but I feel a little step closer (laughs) to it with Upstart, Whether it is paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, become one of over a million people who have used Upstart so far to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. And rather than looking at your credit score alone, Upstart considers other factors like your income, your current employment, and your credit history, and they find you a smarter rate for your loan.
0: You can check your rate without impacting your credit score, which is a dumb number anyways, in minutes. For loans between $1,000 to $50,000, you can receive funds this as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to UPSTART.com slash Broadway.
1: That's Upstart.com slash Broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application.
0: Use Upstart.com slash Broadway. So in some off-Broadway news, at the new venue, The Shed, which I have yet to go to, I can't wait. Uh, yeah, me the new either. production. You haven't been? See, we got to figure in, out when we're in. going to this. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Let's do it.
0: So the Search for Signs of Intelligent Life in the Universe, starring Cecily Strong, has officially opened as of January 11th to reviews, and we are going to read uh, what everybody has to say. Starting with Adam Feldman, one of our favorites for Time Out New York. He says, uh, Cecily Strong is a sketch comedian of the First Order. It's easy to imagine her shining in a solo show designed around her talents. That sentence alone, I was like, oh, this is going to take a (laughs) turn. But in her New York stage debut in The Search for Signs of Intelligent Life in the Universe, She's in someone else's tailored suit. The most uh, comedic multi, the mostly comedic multi character showcase was created by Jane Wagner in 1985 for her longtime partner, the brilliant Lily Tomlin, who performed it to hosannas on Broadway and beyond. Some of the material now seems worn, though, and on strong it doesn't quite fit—at least not yet. It's baggy in some places, squeezy in others, and rarely looks very comfortable.
1: Interesting. Without
0: even having seen it, I. I kind of thought this from the get go. I think it's 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 almost unfair to put Cecily in this position for me because mm. this this was created as a partnership between these two incredible uh, women. Yeah, that's and fair. To expect her to, I'm not out here. Imagine if I came out and did 700 Sundays by Billy Crystal. Guess what? <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't know if it works. That's very very fair. <laughs> Can See, I say this? I would love a fighting chance. See, this is the thing. I'm surprised by that. And we're about to go through some others that I've already looked ahead at. Uh, so I'm surprised in general because I don't know whose review I saw last night um, while Matt and I were recording and I took a quick glimpse at it. And I was like, "Oh wow, this is a rave." Uh, clearly, not the case.
0: Yeah, no. Um, Greg Evans for Deadline says uh, the show relies in large part on the performer's versatility, and in that, Strong does not disappoint. She doesn't have Tomlin's genius for vocal dexterity, but who does? Uh, a, a, like tons of people chill. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but she's a fine actress, delineating each character gracefully and convincingly. the The, the note that I want to point out here is that uh, you, this person, Greg, Greg, sir, uh, you would mm-hmm. probably not. Have said that about Whoopi because Whoopi's solo show, her vocal dexterity was unmatched. I mean,
1: Whoopi's unmatched.
0: Yeah, truly. Really. Uh, Melissa Rose Bernardo for New York Stage Review said, ask any theater lover what she missed during the 2021, uh, 2020 shutdown, and the answer probably isn't any particular show, song, all that good stuff. It's the experience. A group of strangers sitting together in the dark, laughing the, and <laughs> laughing the crying about the same things, as Trudy, played by Cecily Strong, says in the show. Um, now at the shed, Jane Wagner may have written that 40 years ago when the one-woman show was first performed by, you know, their partner, but um, never have the words ever been truer or more deeply felt, which I thought was really sweet. So, and then finally from David Cody for the observer, um, after a decade on SNL strong has honed the skills that make her such an appealing and gutsy comedian. Her forte is the absurdly assured, uh, lady who refuses to let anything get in the way of making her unhinged point brashness and vulnerability are key ingredients in strong's very winning and limber performance. In an eye blink, she pivots from homelessness, um, garbage collecting savant Trudy to a punk rock teen and a dozen other men. So I think they're all agreeing so far that um, she's able to jump from character to character, which is always so incredible to watch. Uh, but there's the the thing yeah. that's missing is the fact that it's not Lily. Well, no shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, as every other review said so far, like this was tailor made for Lily Tomlin, and everyone's expectations is kind of there. That kind of ends up being the problem when you have a piece like this, anything similar, when it's made for somebody, like everyone is going to have that person in their head forever. So that. Like trying to figure out that separation as a different actor, especially as a comedic actor and being able to like put your own thing on it. And Cecily Strong is such a you know, pun intended slash not really strong actor and strong performer in general. Like it's unfortunate to see her get yeah. these reviews because she's so brilliant and we want to see her in something. I mean, this is her New York stage room re- or her New York stage debut, yeah. not her stage debut in general, as we've talked about many times. Like she's yeah. <laughs> very experienced on the stage. We have faith in her, but we wanted something really strong for her New York debut. And it's unfortunate that she's kind of getting all these comparisons, which is one, not her fault. That's um, right. and yeah. two, you know, it, not really the critic's fault either. Like it's just kind of the no. consequence of this show.
0: It's just that that particular piece has been so cleverly and perfectly memorialized for Lily. Um, that even like you know, I had yeah. the book, the record, whatever, like it's just it's just kind of setting it's setting Cecily up to not have success with it, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like what a great, exciting challenge! And I really can't wait to see her. I've all my friends have said, um, they've really enjoyed it and. I'm also excited for the fact that like another female solo show is getting its flowers, which is fantastic. So in other off Broadway news, uh, the current Sam Bick that um, is, is playing in classic stage Company's assassins that Ashley and I can't stop talking about, um, will be assumed by Danny Wollahan for the last leg of their, uh, you know, very, very limited run. So January 14th through January 30th, you've got a new Sam Bick, played by Danny Willihan. I don't know if you've seen him in a million other things, but he, uh, maybe. he was the original Boo Radley in this, um, the the current Aaron Sorkin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also you could have seen him um, as Officer Krupke in the Evil Van Hove West Side Story that, you know, had to close during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But um, he also was in assassins at city center and um, for encores in 2017. So he's played this role before on Broadway or not on Broadway, but yeah. in New
1: York. <laughs> yeah. A busy, a busy man uh, mm-hmm. and a familiar to the, at least show and role, man. Uh, so assassins is closing at the end of the month, obviously. A, a bit weird that we're doing a replacement, I guess, but I understand why it's happening. Um
0: Yeah. You've uh, got a the actor has a prior commitment. I think that this was part of the extension anyway. So it's yeah. not like, you know they could have well he's booked out good for him being booked and busy yeah
1: honestly (laughs) always always very good to see I probably will not get a chance to see Danny in this role uh, as much as I wish I could see the show like 65 more times obviously we talked about it very extensively on our Sondheimapalooza or whatever the hell we called it Um, (laughs) but yeah I'm always glad to see I mean in this case both of these actors booking roles and and, you know good for that and everything That comes with it I guess Enjoy your new Santa suit Yeah exactly just in time and for the non-holidays Just in time for
0: the holiday Is it? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other news the Screen Actors Guild uh, Nominations included Golden Globe Winners Andrew Garfield for Tick Tick Boom Ariana DeBose for West Side Story And Cynthia Erivo for Genius Aretha The SAG Awards will air on TNT And TBS on Sunday February 27th At 8pm Eastern Fun. So keep going guys all these theater peeps, seriously, isn't it? Uh, according to Billboard, Lmmanuel Miranda is the number one songwriter on the Billboard Music Charts for the first time in his career. I did not realize that. <laughs> um, this is all because the new Disney animated feature Encanto re- reached number one in the albums today. Most notably, we don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. We don't talk about Bruno. It's (laughs) only the fifth song. Get this. It's only the fifth song from a Disney animated feature film to reach the top five on the Billboard Hot 100. Like that also includes A Whole New World from Aladdin. Can You Feel the Love Tonight from The Lion King? Colors of the Wind. Chef's Kiss. Uh, Mm. Speaking of assassins, wink, wink, nod, nod. (laughs) If you know, if you know, you know, if you know, you know. Uh, from Pocahontas, and then "Let It Go" from Frozen. Uh, the other tracks that are climbing include Luisa's song "Surface Pressure," which is my favorite one from the the album, sitting at number fifteen. So, you know what? Of all the songs I'm surprised but also not surprised Have you seen Encanto yet?
1: No, and I was Just oh about to say, I know, I really want To see it, I was just about, like, I, I was About to ask you until you started Naming off every song of the show that you Loved, so I just like uh, I haven't gotten to it yet, though, and I've You know, I keep, I'm a, I'm a Fan of the TikTok, so things keep coming Up in my For You page That I'm like, ooh Well, that's because you're on
0: Queer oh, Talk and everybody's exactly. using Service pressure, so <laughs> exactly. I I know. They really we're the said same for side. you,
1: Paige. Yeah, <laughs> <TikTok>. <laughs> of course. Of course. I'm sure we've seen all the same videos all the time.
0: Oh, my God. That's really
1: funny. Like the gay gymnast. Very good.
0: Yes, actually. Yes. So in some <laughs> not well-received news, according to Twitter, and yes, I am. I'm including all of Twitter because I read all 216 quote tweets of this Playbill article and they were all mean. Uh, the off-Broadway musical from MCC and Ross Golan. And by the way. I will fight Matt. I really loved this show. The Wrong Man <laughs> has become the world's first NFT musical. That means that the, there really will be the worst digital collectibles. I know. There will be digital collectibles available to buy as an NFT. It'll be a mix of music, graphics, and film, including a fully animated version of the musical, which I had seen in kind of... um old clips of when Ross Golan was kind of creating this piece. Um, He had some uh, concept art, like that was uh, moving images, et cetera, et cetera. There will be vinyl posters featuring artwork from the musical and a previously unreleased track from the songwriter Ross Golan. What's wild to me is that this show is not planning on coming back Unfortunately, they are using the photos from the production as like the the key art for the for the articles about this NFT. And it's the lovely Sarah Renee and Josh Henry, who Mm -hmm. unfortunately um, are no longer on Broadway because of uh, a million factors with Omicron and whatnot with Waitress. Um, And it just feels bad.
1: So this is odd. Just all across the board. Um, I will say the one reply to this that made me laugh was someone saying that it sounded like a Broadway beat headline, which it really. Yeah. Does Like, or like a bot created it, like the New York Times pitch bot or something. It's just a strange thing across the board. And, you know, to reiterate what I said in our famous group chat, like, I'm kind of deeply tired by like, this is the worst thing that has ever happened to theater. But no, I will not be reading (laughs) the actual article responses that all these were. But at the same time, like, this seems like, a way to, one, get on you know, get in the game of NFTs, yeah. I guess.
0: Cryptocurrency, keeping yeah. us relevant. Like, I think all that's exciting because the sports world has been there. And I think there are a million things that we as a theater
1: community, community sure. could do better and more progressively. I don't think this is one of them. I don't think this is one either. And to that point, like, okay, good. Try and stay relevant in anything, everything. One, I don't know the length of you know the future Of NFTs And how long this right. is gonna <laughs> You know how long this is Gonna yeah. take to fizzle out if anything Yeah Uh But also like I don't want something like this. And there's been a lot of mixed things as far as and I'm certainly not educated enough as far as like the environment, all impact of NFTs. I don't really want to do things like this without having an open and honest discussion as one, because this is very clearly parts privacy prevention and, you know, trying to do that and create a thing that only one person can have, which is a very bold claim. Um, But also... I I want to be transparent, like I said, in our chat, as far as, you know, fair share of pay for everybody involved, uh, environmental impact for this being created. Like, I don't want this to just be like, because the play, what was it, Playbill that originally tweeted it with the exclamation point? Like, I don't want to just be like blindly excited about something <laughs> in that manner without actually like being critical and questioning things.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, hey, you know what? It got us talking about Wrong Man again. It got us talking about, like, you know, Broadway and theater and everything else, like, and cryptocurrency. So, honestly, publicity, job well done.
1: Sure, why not?
0: Let me throw them one one bone, one positive bone. Um, over at Pasadena Playhouse, because uh, you know, why not the upcoming production of Mike Lou's teenage Dick will be replaced uh, by basically just exclusively streaming the show from when they filmed this back in Boston. The show was supposed to uh, have an in-person audience, full, normal, you know, um, audience interaction capacity whatever at the at the playhouse february 1st through the 27th however now patrons all over the world talk about accessibility can just go to the pasadena website uh for a pre-recorded performance that they had done in another city so they're going to announce when you can do that later but i just feel like you know thank you (laughs) the same cast same director um moritz who's great and um i'm i'm excited that hopefully more theaters if, if they can, that they turn to this as as some kind of an option for their seasons.
1: Please and thank you. Yeah.
0: Uh finally in a recommendation I we will uh, as a as Broadway Radio will have some upcoming exciting interviews lined up uh in regards to what I'm about to talk about but last night I got to see the touring production of Oklahoma the Rodgers and Hammerstein revival that was on Broadway or a Circle in the Square uh I don't know 3 years ago now yeah. Oh god
1: right? yeah
0: 2019 I know world. Um, and I did not see this on Broadway. I was scared to see it, to be frank with you. <laughs> um, the, the photo from curtain call was, uh, alarming to me when I first saw it and I'm not trying to spoil anything about the show, but it scared me enough to not go. And I wasn't mm, particularly mm-hmm. interested in Oklahoma at all. And, no, uh, no, I, it just, you know, I, Truly. I appreciate a lot of people that like love golden age. And I think that there's so many arguments to say like why they're important and relevant. And I'm like, yes, all that. Um, I'm just not interested all the time in seeing them. And uh, especially like when it's this, there seems to be no difference in in these revivals it's just a different cast, quote unquote. And this, um, this particular production and with the cast that I saw last night, Uh, moved me and excited me so much about the possibilities for revivals that, uh, I mean, I I was shocked afterwards. Like, even at intermission, I was sitting in a, you know, uh, three or four rows of uh, Broadway performers, and everybody was like, yeah, I I don't know why I didn't get to see this when it was in New York. This is incredible. Like, the audience was electric for uh, Sis's performance of I Can't Say No. I'm telling you, it was it was so stunning. If you are able to see this, if it's coming to a city near you, I highly uh, implore you to try to see it. And, uh, you know, a lot of people walked out. It's very polarizing. um, But at the same time, that's what excites me about revisiting work, because they don't change a damn thing about the text. They are doing the show just as you love it, but they're dealing with it in a way that is really profound and really moving so uh, thank goodness for that it's just more of it yeah more of that right if you're gonna revive the show have a point of view thanks for listening to today on Broadway follow us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram at Broadway radio and don't forget about our Patreon that's patreon.com slash Broadway radio and you can find me on all social media platforms at it's Grace Aki Ashley where can people find you you can
1: find me on Twitter and Instagram at no this is Ashley thank you guys so much we will talk to you later